So you want to know, as a Patriots fan, do I condone these activities? It was a newspaper. A newspaper. So yes. That has nothing to do with... No? What? How? Go ahead, Midge. Ask me your follow-ups. Hello, and welcome to the 91st presented by Adobe, the Women's World Cup show that misses our friend, Katie, who's homesick today, but she is still showing up for the team because we don't quit. Mm-hmm. I'm Mitch Purse. Mm-hmm. And I'm Katie Nolan. And I, I wanted to quit, but I'm here because we don't quit. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to go over two wild semifinals, Australia versus England and Spain versus Sweden. And then we have not one, but two guests, Alyssa Thompson and Allie Riley, both World Cup stars. And I'm not going to get to talk to either of them, but Midge is going to knock that out of the park. And then we're going to look ahead at the World Cup final. But we have to start with... According to 90 Minute Football, and then further confirmed by Meg Linehan, and then now ESPN, Vlako Andonovsky has resigned. Um, that's, you know, submitted his resignation. His contract was up, I believe, Midge, we said at the end of this year. So we, we knew this was coming. We didn't necessarily know it was going to be a resignation, but it does make sense. Um, Twyla Kilgore is being tapped as the interim head coach, and there have already been rumors about who might make the best new coach, Midge. What is your reaction to this news? I have none. Okay, that's good. That feels safe and correct. Um, good. I like it from a different angle. <laughs> Just no reaction from multiple angles. Um, I guess I'll say same. I also have no reaction. Um, we had another report from Relevo that says that Luis Cortez, the former coach of FC Barcelona, has been contacted by U.S. Soccer for the position. I think we're going to hear over the next few, what, days, weeks, a lot of names uh, floated out there as possible um, replacements for Vlatko. Uh, In an interview with ESPN, former head coach and two-time World Cup winner Jill Ellis said that Australia's Tony Gustafson, who previously served as assistant coach for the U.S., quote, should definitely be a strong candidate for the job, end quote. Um, I'm assuming Midge isn't going to say much on this because that's the smart angle for her to take. So we'll just breathe right through that and say that Tony Gustafson will be available because as of this morning, the Matildas are out. See how we transitioned into the next topic? England three, Australia one. Um, some of you may remember me saying that England doesn't scare me. Um, and for that, I just wanted to issue a formal apology. I didn't mean it and i don't even know where it was coming from um but you don't have to apologize you know what it's the, the here's the thing midge i just was really wrong and <laughs> not afraid to say that so i'm no, but dumb. they didn't scare you i'm here to it's... validate your feelings they thank didn't. you so much okay thank and you. i want you to stand on that 10 Thanks. toes down yeah. all right they didn't scare you and now mm. you're a bit fearful it's fine and they're, they're proving me wrong i'm feelings a dumb, can change. dumb and they are doing it and good for them i'm so happy for them um Sad for Australia, though. The host country's dream run comes to the end. It was quite, quite the run. The stadiums were packed. They had 75,000 fans. The energy was wild at all the Matildas games. They beat France in that penalty kick thriller in the quarters. Sam Kerr was starting for this game. That was her first start in this World Cup, but it was not enough to beat England. Uh, Midge, how did you feel watching this game? I enjoyed this game. This was, for me, really satisfying to watch because it was just high quality football all around. I thought the goals were really exciting. I didn't get bored during the game. There were a lot of chances. It was up and down. I really enjoyed it. 
it was sad to see a potential comeback from the Matildas in their home country, how excited everybody. I saw the reactions all around Australia. So so to see to see how behind them their country was and it all just come plummeting down. It's one thing to lose 2-1, but 3-1 hurts. That I know yeah. I know that third goal hurts so much because you still have to play like 3 minutes. It it hurt. And that part was hard to watch. That's not true. It wasn't hard to watch. watch. But <laughs> I she passed out. What did you say? I just said my dog couldn't bear to watch. She oh. she fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that so England went up in the what, the 36th minute. They went into the half up 1-0. Wait, that, wait. What? We need to give that goal its cre- credit. Ella Toon, okay. that that strike. That that's a hard that's a hard angle. It's a hard it's a, a single ball pass back at that angle. It's really hard to finish that and she she put it in top bins. It was crazy. Top bins. I said the same thing. Uh and then Sam Kerr. Can we talk about Sam Kerr's goal because that to me, I mean could be goal of the tournament. I don't, I'm not out here making wild statements after saying that England didn't scare me. I'm not going to be saying things like that anymore. But I, it could have been the goal of the tournament. That was a wild angle. Can you talk us through how hard a strike like that is to execute, Midge, as people who will never uh, know what that feels like and how hard well, that is? Well, I feel like a lot of people who have watched Sam play and, and Cedar play, she scores a lot of goals inside the 18. She beats players on the run. She gets in behind. So I think most of us, when we saw that transition, you know, she's 2v1, disadvantaged. We just thought she's going to try to go, behind, take them on, try to get into the box, try to get a better angle. And when she took that touch to the right for separation and ripped it, before it even hit the back of the net, I said, oh, <laughs> I said, we're shooting from distance. Shoot or shoot. <laughs> and it was such a, it was, I mean, it was it's a gorgeous finish. Gorgeous. It was brilliant. And I think what makes it such a quality, high impact goal isn't even necessarily the strike itself. The strike is incredible. We've seen a lot of great goals this tournament, but the stage on which she took that strike to be down one, and not have a, a ton of clear chances on goal. And you say, all right, I'm like 35 yards out. I'm going to rip it regardless. I'm co- I'm confident. I'm going to rip it from 35 yards out. It's going to go like, that's crazy. So it, it was nuts. It was nuts. It was a beautiful moment, certainly a high. And then came a low against the run of play. A defensive mistake from Australia allowed Lauren Hemp to score in the 71st minute after two defenders fared, failed to clear a long ball. It was then 2-1 England. Australia had some chances. Sam Kerr had a couple looks, two, I would say, goal opportunities. And then again, off a counterattack, England killed the game. Russo, 86th minute, on the counter, slotted home. Just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking for Australia, for the fans in attendance. Uh, Midge, if you are Australia, are you, like, stoked on the run that you had here? Or are you crushed because it felt like you were so close and it slipped through your fingers? I think if I'm Australia, I'm not in a place to appreciate all of the accomplishments and success that they have in this very moment. I think it's one thing to be close to a dream that you never thought you would accomplish. That's, you know, you're just grateful, complete gratitude. It's super humbling. Everything's amazing. But when you can actually win it and you're close and you and you know that it's something that you're capable of, that hurts 
so much more. So I imagine they're all really hurting right now. I'd be hurting right now. But in the coming days, I, I hope that they'll be able to appreciate what an incredible run they had. If you're Australia's fans, and let's say you have tickets to the final, you are being hopeful, who are they rooting for now, would you say? I don't know. It's kind you of know, the conversation we had last week. Of like, do you root or two weeks ago? Whenever that was. Time is a flat circle. Were you, are you rooting for the people who beat you so that the ones who beat you win the whole thing? Or are you rooting against the people who beat you because you want them to feel pain like your pain? I don't think they're rooting for anybody. Yeah. I think I think it is a heartless indifference is what mm. I would probably mm. feel. Mm. Devastating. <laughs> Just devastating. Uh, if you are England... This team now has a chance to win the Euros and the World Cup in back-to-back -back years. Which brings us, Midge, to the stat of the show. It's now time for the stat of the show, presented by Adobe Express. Today's stat is four. Four major tournament finals that Serena Wiegmann has coached. The 2017 Euros won with the Dutch. The 2019 World Cup lost to the USWNT with the Dutch. The 2022 Euros won with England and the 2023 World Cup back in the finals with England. Katie. Yeah. Your fun fact was that since 2000, all but one major tournaments have been won by a female coach. The streak could stay alive. That's right. It could. She could win. Um, she has not won a World Cup yet, but Sunday is her is her shot. See, fun facts. I do bring something to the table of this podcast. That was a very fun fact. Yes, very pertinent to the situation at hand. Yeah, also feels like maybe the, the women's national team, the United States women's national team, hire a woman. You know, that the odds seem to be in your favor if you can get a, a lady to be our coach. Just a, just, a, just a suggestion. Not a word. Not a word. Good stat of the show, Midge. The stat of the show was made with Adobe Express. Adobe tools are fun and easy for everyone. Adobe Express makes it easy to flex your creativity through its all-in-one editor to make your own content, including TikTok videos, reels, flyers, and so much more. Join the Adobe Express beta now by going to express.adobe.com. Okay. One other story here before we move on. Mm. Apparently, before the game, an Australian newspaper spied on England during closed-door trainings. Australia's paper, The Daily Telegraph, took aerial photos of the pre-match closed-door training. When found out, they wrote, quote, If England's Lionesses thought they would happily fly under the radar into the World Cup semifinal, they were in for a rude shock. We've sent the chopper up to see how the old enemy are preparing. Welcome to the jungle, Lionesses. We've got fun and games, unquote. Katie, my question for you is... As a Patriots fan, do you condone this behavior? Is this your question, Midge? It, it is. This is this your question for me? You wrote this down? It is my down? question now. Your idea to ask me? Couldn't have been anybody else sitting in the room with us? So, Katie. <laughs> so you want to know, as a Patriots fan, do I condone these activities? It was a newspaper. A newspaper. So, yes. What? That has nothing to do with... In, it, no? What? How? Wait, so, Go ahead, Midge. Ask I'm me just, your follow-ups. It's, it's really difficult for me to have these conversations when your immediate answer isn't an answer. A yes or, it was a yes or no question. Do you, do you condone? No. This? Oh, okay. 
Is that okay? Is that better? N-O? Yeah, no? that helps. That helps. Nine? <laughs> Nyet? No. Nyet. <laughs> no. No. Okay, yeah. Uh, I also think it's weird that the, I don't know, this feels like a, obviously Australia has like a, a vendetta against England and sees it as like a big rivalry, but it just feels like very one-sided in this sense where they're like, we, you thought you were going to have a closed door practice. You were wrong. We brought a chopper. It's like, well, there, well, it was still a closed door practice. Um, did anybody get in trouble? As a Patriots fan, my question is, did anybody get in trouble? Anybody get any draft picks taken away? Did anybody get fined $500,000? Is anybody in any trouble about this? Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or is it no big deal? Or is it no big deal misreported and got blown out of proportion? These are questions we all have. We all have questions. I wouldn't say the lack of consequences, you know, lessens the offense. Mm. Okay. It just feels like that's the reasoning I'm getting from you. Like, it's kind of a justify. I don't know. Mm, mm, mm. Let's say this. It didn't work. Okay. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> they saw what they were doing and it didn't work. So, uh, all right. Well, good to know. Best Not of condoned. luck to them next time. Deplorable behavior. Spain 2, Sweden 1. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Spain 2, Sweden 1. Um, I believe the best way to describe those first 75 minutes, KG. They were, it was a KG 75 minutes couple decent chances on either side. The biggest highlight may have been Alexia Puteas snubbing an assistant coach's high five after being subbed out. This is a podcast that has taken a, 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 a stance on this of enjoying this type of content when uh, coaches are looking for some sort of interaction and players are not into it. Uh, we can't show it to you for rights reasons, but if you search it on the website formerly known as Twitter, uh, you can find it. Clips are abundant. I know um, people find all this co- like super controversial, the behavior. It is a controversial topic, whatever. I just, I don't really see how you can't find the humor in in, in it, though. Like that, that was funny. <laughs> like yes. that's a, it's, from it's a pure, without knowing, because we don't, still don't know a lot of details. And obviously the situation itself is serious and it's something we take seriously. But if you're just zoomed out, just the content of anybody being snubbed for a high five or anybody being denied a hug or an interaction that they're clearly putting them, themselves out there looking for is is funny. It's, it's it is humorous, hysterical. Mm-hmm. I will be using it for the rest of time. <laughs> I just I don't see how you don't see that and just cackle. <laughs> it's so funny. It is funny. Uh, those last fifteen minutes, wild, absolutely wild. Mitch, were you on the edge of your seat watching the end of this game? As my eyes were open. <laughs> I wasn't on okay. the edge of the seat. I was I was on the edge of, of the couch, laid comfortably. Uh that was crazy. It was again, as I said, both teams have grown so well into the tournament. They're playing such good football. This is what the World Cup is. This is what we deserve at a global major tournament and one of the most elite women's sports of all time. Like it's it's incredible. And I have not been disappointed. What a finish, yeah. right? Yeah. It felt like any goal there could be the winner in the 81st. Uh, you say her name better than I do. Paralueo. Is that right? Paralueo. Paralueo uh, got her second goal of the tournament. And everyone was like, okay, Spain has won. Then in the 88th minute, we had the tying goal from Blomquist. It was a, a perfect first touch. And then one minute later, the dagger from outside the box, Carmona hits the inside crossbar, it bounces down and in to seal the win. Midge, you brought up this concept of the big five that I found very interesting. Ah, yes. 
the big five. So I didn't know a lot of people don't know about this. I also don't know if this theory is statistically supported. I'm assuming it is because it's, it's been so be. universal from every coach I've played for. But we're always told that five minutes after a goal is scored is one of the most important periods in a game. It doesn't matter if you got scored on or if you scored the goal. It's the next five. It's the big five. So a lot of the times in the end of your cell or anywhere you are, you'll see players hold up their hands and be like, big five, big five, big five, right after a goal. And it's because it is one of the most popular times for anyone to score again. Am I, wonder, are you with I, me? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I wonder why that is. I wonder what the, if it's like scoring is contagious. Like they say in baseball, it's like run, hits are contagious. Once somebody gets a hit, well, that's when other people get hits. The psychology of it can be explained many, from different perspectives, but you just score a goal. You're probably really comfortable. You might let down a little bit. You just get scored on. You're super motivated. You need to, you need to get a goal as soon as possible. Don't know exactly which one it is, but it's really, really common to give up a goal or to score another goal within five minutes of any other goal being scored. So that's the time when you really need to just like be focused, be sharp. Yeah. Hmm. Big five. Well, that, now we've learned something here today. Yeah, hold it up. Big five. Uh, 11. I can't hold up 11, but 11 uh, shots from Spain. Two of them were on goal and, and both were goals. So efficient. Very efficient. Um. Less great. This is kind of the angle we were talking about before. Spanish Federation is probably less likely to take any sort of action against Vilda here, given the fact that he's bringing in a bunch of wins in this World Cup. Um, we've talked about this, again, urging you to go look into it at length. Um, there's been articles written. We're still learning about the accusations coming out against him from the players who are against their coach the federation is on the coach's side and like i said before when they were against him he was losing and they still took his side now he's winning so we can hope that the spanish federation will do the right thing but you know it's just a hope um so i guess we'll just wait and see what happens there right mitch on bated breath yeah sweden though unfortunately this result is becoming all too familiar to them uh they probably should have won the olympics in 2021 against canada this is their fourth time losing in the semifinals of a World Cup. That is the most of all time. It's not ever really something you want to be the leader. That's not a category you want to lead in. The the most losses not, in the semifinals. Not half well, full. Not mm. you made it to the semis the most. Okay. That is a good way. That's a nice silver lining. You guys make it to the semifinals a lot. But yeah. once you're there, it's not going so well. But I guess the silver lining also, this is their this is going to be their fourth third place game that they will play. And they've won two of the previous three. So, OK, I was going to say that doesn't sound like a silver lining. The the, the fourth third place game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not everybody gets to play for third place and they have. And when they do, they've won more than they've lost. Playing for third place sucks. It's mm. not fun. You know, I mean, it's like, what can I compare that to? It's like when you're when it's Christmas or it's Thanksgiving and you're really excited to have that sweet potato pie, whatever, like whatever you're looking for. And it's gone. So you eat that weird fruit cake with all the fruit on it and it's mm -hmm. like dry. And mm -hmm. you're like, well, at least I had something. Mm -hmm. At least I got to eat the dinner kind of. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's not fun. But, but not the dish you give you it your all. Did. Yeah. 
that's a bummer. Um, who's going to win that third place game, do you think? Honestly, I think the third place is anybody's game. Mm. I think, again, it, it's it's going to be whoever shows up that day. I think on any day, feelings, whatever, it could be anybody's game. I'm going to say Australia. It would be nice. I think in this game, I will say, I would like Australia to win. I would like yeah. them to have celebratory times and something at home yeah to end on like a not a high note right but like a mid note a mid high like a a, a mid sharp note <laughs> i hope i hope they walk away with something it would be nice to have a medal yeah medals yeah. are nice and they don't not have as to nice fly as out. they don't have to get it through the security because they they're home so oh. they can just i was gonna say not as nice as uh belts or trophies but that's nice. right or rare. better than plaques that plaques aren't the worst. <laughs> uh, let's talk about predictions for the final. Spain versus England. Who wins, Midge? Why? And what's the final score? Well, the why is subs. You've already said that. The, why, the why is, is going to be their subs. I'm saying, yeah, I'm going, I'm going, I'm holding this 10 toes down. I think it's going to be the bench. Whoever's bench is better and shows out more. Uh, I honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. And for some reason, I'm getting kind of uh, anxious because I don't want to be wrong anymore. <laughs> so okay. I don't want to say the wrong one. So I'm going to stick with, I don't know, because I just don't feel like being wrong today or Sunday. Okay. I'm going to say England because I was wrong. I <laughs> have been proven wrong and I've been impressed by the way that they look. And I also want... Spain to lose for Spain's sake. So mm. I'm going to root for England. Um, mm -hmm. But given the nature of my predictions, well, if you're a betting woman or man or person listening to this, I'd put your money, I'd fade my pick, as they say, and take whatever I don't say, because that seems to be what happens in this tournament. It's so complicated to say, like, I, uh, I respect everyone who's like, for Spain's sake, like, it's it's not... It's like you win, lose, like you win, yeah. lose, like either way. Uh, I saw this this picture of Alexia Puteas and Ginny Hermosa crying together on the bench because they had gotten to the next round and they have just been playing their whole lives. And I just I thought about that where they're I don't know if this is their last World Cup. It could definitely possibly be and what that means to them. And then at the same time, what it means for their entire country for all the players it's just it's such a complex complicated situation and I wish I knew more about it so I could speak more about it but I am not in the business of speaking about things I don't know much of so imagine if everybody were that way <laughs> no one would talk <laughs> Uh, okay, so maybe what you can tell us, what things you do know about, are the biggest things we should watch for in this match. Like with Spain, um, how much time is Alexia Pateas going to play? After she didn't shake the coach's hand? <laughs> I mean, for any reason, anything could. With Paralueo in the form that she's in, you know? No. Uh, listen, I. it's so interesting because... In these tournaments, everyone wants to start. You know, everyone wants to be in, in the 11. Everybody wants to be the best on the team. But I, I don't think people realize 
how important it is to have a fantastic player who could maybe should be starting coming off your bench. So for me, no, Padilla doesn't start. She comes off the bench and she does exactly what she's done in the last two games. She's been incredible at it. I think she needs to continue it. And it's kind of the same situation with Chloe Kelly. I mean, she's been the heroine for England at the Euros. She did, took that crazy, crazy, crazy PK earlier in this tournament, but she's not getting the starting call up. But she knows that her role on that team, it's so crucial. It's so critical. They don't win these games without her. And yet she's still not starting. And I think that's a respectable and okay thing. What's your big question for England? Lauren James. Lauren James is back after her two-game suspension for that red card for stepping on Michelle Lozier. Um, do you, what do you think is going to happen with her? Does she start? I think they start her. I think it's a, a difficult decision in my head just because Alicia Russo has been fantastic. Mm. She's been great. The team has been great. They're in form. They're doing well. Not that Lauren James obviously is not in form, but now she's rested. But you always wonder, is too much rest? You know, is it going to take you some rest time? Rest versus rust, as they yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Do I think in two games, how many games did she miss? Two? Two. Do I think in two games you get rusty? No. They're training. She's training. She's probably just, you know, itching to get out there. So I, I think they start her, but I, I actually don't think they can go wrong. I think the style of football that they're playing, that the, the, the way that coach has them playing is so incredible to watch. And like as a player, it's so fun to watch. When, when your style of football is that good, and the, and the quality and the level that you're playing at is, is that high, it, it's really just the burden of great choices. Whoever they put in there, it's going to be good. They're going to perform. Something's going to come of it. So I'm excited. We'll have to see if she steps up. I don't get it. Or if they tell her she can't start and she's got to really put her <laughs> foot down. Steps up. Oh, either way, it's going to be wild. Sunday, 6 a.m., We will be with you after that to talk about the biggest moments of the final and of the tournament. Okay. I think we should let Katie go and get better now. So everyone say goodbye. Bye. Bye, Katie. Bye. Miss you. Now that she's gone, (laughs) welcome (laughs) to 100% in the 91st minute. (laughs) This is my show. And I'm so glad to be with you here today. You Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you monster. <laughs> it's now time for Keeping Us Connected, presented by AT&T 5G. Connecting changes everything. All right, folks, what a pleasure it is to welcome Allie Riley. Wow. Allie, thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me and thank you for sending this microphone. I feel so <laughs> powerful. We like to do things professionally here at the 91st, so I'm glad tell. that you could make it. <laughs> thank uh, you. Let's, let's start with a hard one, a hard question. Uh-oh. Ready? Who is winning Sunday's game, Spain or England? Of course you're starting like this. <laughs> I'm going to say it's coming home. It's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> I usually prefer when Jack Grealish says it, but <laughs> that's fair. I understand. But say more. Why? 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 I I could say that phrase with confidence just because we heard it a lot recently. But I I think it's going to be an amazing match. 
but I have friends on the England team and I've seen the investment that's gone into that league. I've experienced it. And I think it would be really, really great for the women's game. I think they have a bit of a, a confidence about them that is maybe more a mentality than the style of play, which is more, I think, the beautiful game, Spain. They look incredible. Of course, I think it's going to be very, very tight, but I think it would be awesome for, for this team. It seems like the coach is very, very good, knows what she's doing. Tactically, the players seem so bought in, and I think I know you've spoken about it. It's it's hard with the Spanish team and what what I guess we know, what we don't know, what the effects could be if they do take this home. So I guess it's when I say that it was a little bit more based on maybe who I'm cheering for. I, I don't know what's going to happen at that game. And of course, it's 3 a.m. here. So I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try, Midge. Listen, we play San Diego this weekend, so it's 3 a.m. for me. We'll both listen. I'll send you a text. It's like, yep. Okay. okay. <laughs> <Are> you watching? <laughs> okay. So obviously, Australia has bowed out as well today. As the other host nation exits, so close to glory, how tough is that to swallow for the Aussies? I think, of course, you wanted them to go all the way, but. It was a great game, and I, I wouldn't have said they were favorites to go to the final from the beginning. And I think the turnout, the growth, the excitement, I was reading something about like cracking the codes, you know, this these rivalries between the different sporting codes in in Australia. You know, we experienced it in New Zealand, and you could just see how the country was brought together behind the Matildas. And I, I think every player can walk away from this tournament feeling so proud they left it all out there what an amazing goal for Sam didn't know if she'd be able to even play with how the tournament started and she just showed how she is one of the best in the world and I think everyone will be so proud of them disappointed that they they weren't in the final or didn't win the world cup but I don't think anyone would have any regrets and as like the co-host I was really really cheering for them but Ali, you're just a ray of sunshine. <laughs> and I'm very my... positive. I, I'm <laughs> On a serious note, you yourself have done a lot to raise the bar for the federation you play for in New Zealand. And we saw numerous cases of federations who limped into this World Cup with problems. And both of the finalists, Spain and England, have serious issues with their federations. From your experience, how would you advise the players who deserve more from their federations to, to go about things after, after this next game? Gosh, I think, I wish it was easy, but I do think that we're seeing players very, very empowered. If we take it close to home, the NWSL, what, what all of us did together, I think that actually inspired and again, came out of something really, really, really horrible, but I had colleagues or ex teammates from all over the world saying, wow, what you guys have done as a collective really opened our eyes. And working with FIFPRO, I think we have a resource and we have a collective voice. We use that to write a letter to fight for more prize money. Of course, it's still not even 30%, but we're working now to get a commitment from FIFA so that 2027, we have that equal prize money. And I think along those lines, the prize money is what a lot of people focus on, but there are conversations going on about resources and about investment and about 
issues, feedback, reviews, and FIFPRO is such a good resource for us having this global player union. And again, I think it helps so much that we're connected to have other players helping advocate for countries. You know, look at what the you and the U.S. women's national team have done. Set the bar so high. Inspire us. And, and I think having these connections, being connected by social media, by platforms like Just Women's Sports, Voice in Sport, we're able to tell each other what we're going through. So no one has to go at it alone. And we saw it with, with Canada. We're seeing it with Nigeria. Um, now, of course, I think after the tournament is over, we'll, we'll get more insight into what's going on in England and Spain. But none of those players will be, will be going at it alone. We are ready to help use our own platforms to, to assist in any way possible, to spread awareness, spread attention, offer advice. So I just think that what I, my advice would be, don't forget that we are connected and we can use our power as a collective to affect change, especially between now and the next World Cup. I know the Olympics is right around the corner, but while the celebrations go on for these teams and the reflections and just the experiences we've all had rooted in that has to be what is the next step. And I think that can be hard and you don't want to do it too quickly. You have to let it settle in. I'm still, you know, overwhelmed by everything that I experienced, but I'm thinking what are next steps for New Zealand? And then how can I use my role as a member of the global player union um, and the board to, yeah, to help other teams as well. I, I love your points about different federations and players from different nations coming together to help support their independent fights. I do. I agree. The camaraderie is exemplary. And yeah, hopefully, not hopefully, it will continue. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so help. you, yes, we will all help. Call me. Call Allie. Call us <laughs> <laughs> What a call. <laughs> uh, you obviously had such a cool World Cup. New Zealand's first win and it coming against Norway. Incredible. What was your favorite moment from the tournament? Well, that game was definitely my favorite moment, hands down. I think it's it's the best night of my life. It's, you know, waiting for 16 years to experience that. It's the only thing that can compete with the the inaugural home opening Angel City match that, you know, I didn't know it could feel better than that and it's not like I want to compare but to to want to grow the sport in New Zealand to honor the players and these are players who were playing we met some of the players from the 1975 New Zealand national team and they haven't gotten their flowers they haven't been recognized and we wanted to give them some honor and show them how much they mean to us to women in sport to New Zealand to people around the world by playing for them and and hope that they could feel that appreciation. So for us to do that in that game, also then to inspire the next generations, we we had a lot of pressure. We had a lot of a lot of lofty goals and and it felt like we did it. And to have Jacinda Ardern in the locker room, you know, spraying spraying water and and just to tell us along with our our current prime minister that that we had changed the country. You you absolutely did. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot for one last time. Again? On our friends, Kristen and Tobin's show, you gave this wild, untold story of almost missing the first match. And I'm going to need you 
to help us elevate this right now. I need a story from the World Cup that no one else has heard, and it needs to be better than that one. Okay. I actually have one. And, ah, um, you know, we, we, I, I told it to Kristen and Tobin after. And it's it's very, very different. And it is, I'm definitely going to cry. Um, <gasps> happy so, tears? Um, sad and happy. So. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So I was frustrated that the captains weren't allowed to wear the One Love armband. Um, Naturally. I really thought after watching the men's World Cup, we're going to wear those armbands that the men didn't wear. And so, you know, with the similar sanctions and and not being allowed to do that, I painted my nails with pride colors. I did rainbow on one hand and the trans flag colors on the other hand. And I just thought this is a way to show what what I believe in and to celebrate the LGBTQIA plus community and to show people that. I love them and I support them and I celebrate them even if I can't wear this armband. I did not know that until even after, after that it had been noticed so much. And I just feel lucky that in the moment after I was able to, to be on camera and I was crying. So I was, you know, touching my face and going like this. And so there was a clear shot of the, of the nails. And I got a message from someone who spends time at a, children's psych ward in Auckland and there was a little girl um and she had been admitted because she um had tried to take her own life and they came into her room after the game the next day and she was painting her nails and they were asking what she was doing she said I saw Allie Riley on tv last night and I saw her nails and it gave me hope and I don't feel alone anymore. And they just saw something change in her and, and saw light. And um, I think she she has been discharged um, by now. And, you know, I would love to meet her one day. And again, this was through somebody else. But it gave me so much perspective, um, which, again, helped me through the rest of the tournament when I, I was very disappointed and, and heartbroken that we couldn't achieve our goal of getting out of the group. But I just thought, wow, um, the impact we make um, with our platform and with this gift and this privilege of playing on the world stage. And yeah, you know, it was never anything about about me, but I it, it motivated me even more to continue to do whatever small gesture is like a small gesture can go so far. And it was such a, an amazing reminder of that. And also, you know, football is a game and getting knocked out sucks, but to impact people's lives in a positive way, that's winning. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just got my nails redone yesterday and it kind of felt like the the end of, of this tournament and, and this experience and it was hard, but they were looking like French tip. They were, the, the, my nails had grown out so far, but um, yeah, that was, that was maybe besides that first night and, and the best night of my life, that was like, the most incredible thing that I message I've ever, ever received in my, in my life. There is no singular thing more important than that impact. I thank you so much for sharing that story. I mean, I had, I had, I had chills. The, that's absolutely remarkable, Allie. And I can't wait for you to meet her and I can't wait to celebrate her with you as well. 
Thanks. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Well, oh my goodness. Thank you so much, everyone. I hope you're sitting at your computer or on your phone giving a round of applause or wiping your eyes with the teary eyed from the beautiful story that that was. Allie, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Allie and thanks again to AT&T 5G for keeping us connected. Okay, we're now joined by Angel City Phenom and the youngest player on the U.S. Women's National Team, Alyssa Thompson. Alyssa, what is up? Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little tired, but I'm good. Oh, are you still jet lagged? Um, a little bit, just a little bit. What time what time are you going to bed? I feel like I have like my bed routine down, but like during the day I just like get tired. It's tough. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Alyssa, you've had an insane year. You went from number one draft pick to scoring in your debut match to making the World Cup team. Is this what you, I mean, I feel like it's a silly question. Is this what you expected <laughs> for this year? <laughs> no, I did not. Like thinking back to even like in December, I would have not thought that this year had, would have gone the way it has. Like it's been crazy. <laughs> That being said, were these milestones and accomplishments, were they in your dream journal? Like, were they targets that you still wanted to hit? Yeah, they were. I, like, I, my school sent me a note that I wrote to myself in sophomore year. And I opened it because um, you get it when you're a senior. And it's so funny to, because in it, it wrote that, like, I hope that, you're like getting ready to go to the World Cup or like trying to make the team. Wow. And I was like, that is crazy that I was even thinking about that, but also that it did come true. Yeah, that's that's nuts. I hope you I hope you keep the note. Don't don't lose the <laughs> note. <laughs> I did keep it. Okay. So as an eighteen year old, you were the youngest on the team and every um, every media outlet made sure to cover that. When you were in camp and in training, did it feel like you were the baby? Did you feel like you were the youngest one there? Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I always feel like the youngest because I'm also like small. So I feel like like that with being young, um, I do feel like the baby a little bit. That ma I mean, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, wh what was the day to day like as the baby? What is that like? Um... You just get treated like a little princess. No, I don't know. <laughs> it was it was nice because I I kind of like being treated a little bit like my age because um, I don't know. I like getting taken care of. And like when I'm there, um, everyone's looking out for me and um, like seeing if I needed anything or like um like just giving me advice on stuff so it's kind of nice honestly yeah good players and good humans it's good it's good everything's good all around um yeah. obviously back home throughout the tournament there was some negativity but there was also so many cool moments for the the entire team what were your highs during the tournament mm, I think definitely getting our first win that was a good high for me and I got to play um, in my first game <laughs> at the World Cup. So I was just super excited about that game and being able to go in with kind of no pressure because we were winning and 
we were really like in their face. So I just felt really excited to go on then nervous. So it was that was fun. Well, everyone has been talking about how there's so much to look forward to. And for you, obviously, you're just getting started. What are some of the conversations you and other teammates who are of this younger generation are having in terms of expectations for yourselves and what you're looking forward to in the future? I know a lot of us are hungry for another World Cup and we really want to like just show what we can do. And I think a lot of um, the younger players already have. But um, being able for me to, if I make the next World Cup, being able to show more of like who I am as a player um and um just kind of showing the world that um was there any advice that some of the older players gave you that really stuck yeah I feel like well I talked a lot not necessarily older like the oldest player but I talked a lot with like Soph Sophia Smith because um I feel like during the tournament like sometimes you just hit a low like in with yourself so I was like not feeling that great about like how it was playing and stuff like that. So, um, so it just told me to kind of just forget about that, like the play that happened and go on to the next one. Cause you just have to have like a short term memory. And I think that really helped me because I was just getting in my head a lot and I wasn't able to like play how I wanted to play. So being able to just like flip the switch kind of helped me a lot, like after. Oh, wise words from young Soph. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know exactly where you are, but what comes next for you in your dream journal? What's the next goal you have written down? Um, Right now, I'm like looking forward to finishing out the season with Angel City and hopefully making the playoffs. I would like to um, win that. So that would be nice. Sounds good. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate sparing some of your tired, tired minutes during the day. Thank you. All right, y'all. Thanks again to Allie and Alyssa Thompson. Get well soon, Katie. We'll be back after the World Cup final. Until then, I'm Mitch Purse, and this was The 91st, presented by Adobe. Make sure to follow Just Women's Sports on all your favorite channels for more great World Cup content and some exclusive The 91st content.